Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. We were just talking about it during the break. Twice. He said Hollywood Henderson is a former teammate? No, no, yeah. just a, just team, a, a player, an old, older gentleman who played for the Dallas Cowboys in the 70s. Yeah, Hit the lotto twice. Right. Yeah, but what, the reason I started talking about that in the break yeah. is when we were talking Lamar Jackson and signing his new deal, it occurs to me that an athlete that's about to sign a $200 million contract, for, for a, a normal person to relate, and it's different because the athlete had Can. to work to it, right? But if you hit a Mega Millions lottery, lottery ticket, right, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. worth $200 million. Yeah. I'm just thinking, like, if you couldn't bring it in until the next day, yeah. the amount the um, th- of thought that has to go into protecting that ticket, who do I tell? Radio silence. Who do, right, but also you need to probably take a picture of it. Nothing. You got to prove that next to a newspaper it's so you know safe. it's yours. It's in the safe. It's, my point is an athlete with that kind of money on the line, it's like, hey, should he sign the contract? Dude, I'm think I'm 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 making sure that that like I'm just healthy enough to get to the but place. Let, to let, put let, my let name me say this to you: Think about this scenario. So I, I may mention before about Kevin Herter, who plays for Atlanta, signed a four-year, hundred-plus million-dollar extension, and he was actually quoted. He's like, you know, hearing a lot of people normalize this, like in the agent world, like you can get a little bit more. He's like, this is life-changing money for me and my family. So think about that one. He signed it quick, but then think about a guy like Dennis Schroeder, who did make good money, but didn't. Except that extension to a degree, right? Eighty like, million for sure. Like yeah. and now he's playing for like three or four, like bad deal, coach. Whoa. I think it's more than that, but it ain't sick, eighty million. Yeah, that's sick bad, to your bad, stomach. Bad, bad deal, coach. Oh, that's bad. basically sick that's to bad, your stomach. Bad deal, coach. And the difference is for people listening, be like, that's so much money, even three or four million, no doubt. But an athlete has been is not only athletically so different than everyone else, but it's put in so much work from the cradle, basically, to get to this point. The They're only, not just getting cut, walking into money. But the only time you push the envelope in this situation as an athlete is if you already hit big. And what I mean by hit big, particularly, let's just use basketball, for instance. Basketball players, star basketball players get on their first deal, they, get, they call it $35 million over four years before they get there. It's a lot of money. That's life-changing. But their shoe deal might be equal to their salary. So they're probably getting another 30 over four, depending on who you are. So you got $65 million. So now when I get that second deal, I can kind of, mm-hmm. you know, I can kind of wiggle with it a little bit. Hold on. I'm going to wait. I'm going to see. You can do those sort of things. But There's that's, no question but, about it. But that the CBA is designed – I mean, the, 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 the contract structure in the NBA, for example, is designed – no one ever turns down that first max extension because it's designed to, get, to just offer you too much money to ever want to leave before Luka. year six. Because exactly. then in year six, you can say, okay, next year I'll be a free agent. You might as well get something for me now. Yeah. But it's six years wherever you're drafted Lamar, if you're a top Lamar player. Ain't, Lamar ain't turning down the money. Lamar's turning down the structure right now. That's yeah. all that is. It, yeah. it, he just he wanted structure to say. I way. hear you, but I agree, man. Playing that sport, in, especially in that he style. He's going to get his money. With all that money on the line. Keyshawn J. Willemax presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Insurance is proud to support veterans with its annual mm-hmm. Keys to Progress vehicle giveaway program. Now celebrating nine years of donating vehicles, helping veterans in need. Learn more at keystoprogress.com. We're going to get to real or not real, and it's Mike Tomlin related in a few minutes. Uh, Keith, uh, 
You, you, you're on the inside of all this. Is Mike Tomlin going to USC? Yes, no, you he's are. not going to USC. <laughs> we cannot afford Mike Tomlin. What? Just the way Max set up the question. I oh. love it. I In love related news, LeBron, there are G League teams that would love LeBron James. No, Mike Tomlin. Look, LeBron, man, Coach, are you interested in this G League team? Coach Tomlin, why would he go from the NFL to the pinnacle, the top? He's at the mountain. Yeah. On a go, great franchise. To go to USC <laughs> or any other college team. This People that go from the pros to college, they're typically failed college coaches. Right. I mean, failed NFL coaches. You're going to rehabilitate. You're going to rehabilitate yourself. Or, or find yourself in a lovely little situation where you're just good because no, they're paying not, you no, so much. No, no, Because if you're at the NFL level, you're either going to win and get paid or you're going to get fired because you're bad. Now you go to college. No, I'm saying like Nick Saban. Like sometimes they wind up in college well, and they're like, they're so good in college. Well, Nick they're Saban good. couldn't deal with the pros because it was just like he just mentally, he didn't even give it a chance. He was like, I got to get out of here. These dudes are crazy. Yeah. Can't do I can't control Saban them. Way. Can't build yeah, your yeah, 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 I can't yeah, control the these kids. Yeah, yeah. They make more money than me. That's not, that's not Mike Tomlin's situation. Mike Tomlin is like, I'm making, I don't know, let's just throw a number out there, $10 million a year. If I leave here, I can probably get 13 from another NFL team yesterday. So why would I go to SC for eight? That doesn't do anything for me. You're the Pittsburgh Steelers Super Bowl champion, never been under 500 even when you lost your quarterback. Changed the style of play eight times, Mike Tomlin. And they're asking you I about a college hey, look, I would love for him to be the head coach at USC. Right, yeah, of course. But it ain't going to happen, so let's stop even playing with it. Can I ask you, have all the I coaches dare someone to ask NFL, him that question again. Out of I dare, all the coaches in the NFL, yeah. who talks to the media better than Mike Tomlin? Well, it depends. They're all different. Who talks I, better I just, than Mike Tomlin? Tomlin in general. I mean, it, just, it all depends. Just, the way, just with, like, he won me over with that demonstrative answer, and you felt like it bothered him, which I love that he shows you the emotion but, but of it's it. But it, it's all relative of different coaches, right? Okay. Because Belichick does it his way. Yeah, but see, which I, is, which I resonate is, more with the Mike Tomlin way. Yes, we yes. we want it like that, but I'm also accepting of Bill Belichick's yeah, way because but, it's been the same, but think which of is it, nothing. Think of it like anything, yeah. like this business, like the music industry, like a whatever, like who's Mike Tomlin's sound bites hit the hardest. They're 1,000%. the ones that make you feel the most. He has a way of being completely direct and you believe like thoroughly honest, right? Like he's focused on the job and does not have time for your nonsense. That it just, it's, it moves you but differently. But Belichick didn't have time for your nonsense either. He but he doesn't, doesn't move it. you. But I know, well, it, he moves some people. This depends on how you're looking at it because to me, the sarcasm is the funniest thing ever. Because you should know better than to ask that man those questions because you're not going to get anything. Tomlin Tomlin had me at hello. Tomlin had me at (laughs) Steelers football at the introductory Mm -hmm. press conference. Run the ball, stop the run. I thought, oh, my God. Like Dan Campbell's speeches. No. (laughs) No, it's too much. It's too much. You don't think that fired up the Lions fan base? No. I don't. I think that there's no Tomlin comes across as there's no artifice here. You don't like Adam Gase's I'm not Gase's angling here. I'm just telling you. You don't huh? like Adam Gase's? <laughs> the eyes. Oh How about Joe Judge? I mean, like very it. similar to Bill Belichick, right? But it's Bill Belichick as opposed Joe to Judge. Joe Judge. Yeah. For what Joe Judge, I can see why some people be affected by that. For whatever reason, Tomlin. It's like a great actor, even right. Some people they say it and they make you believe it differently. Bill they Parcells make you feel had it great differently. press conferences. 
Bills was Parcells classic. Did. Yeah, Parcells, Parcells did. did. Yeah, yeah. You just yeah, hit on classic. one. Yeah. I mean, it was it was. So everybody's a little bit different. Phil Jackson in basketball, he had different ones. I mean, it's just everybody's a little bit different. Since we're talking about Mike Tomlin, let's get uh, to real or not real. All right, guys, ready? Let's play a little real or not real. It's brought to you by Trico. Trico has been the future of wipers since 1970, keeping you a step ahead, a step ahead of Mother Nature. Visit TricoCatsAndDogs.com. So we're doing this because, you know, if Mike Tomlin became available, I don't think he'd go to USC. He'd probably get another NFL head coaching job in about five minutes. So would these teams real if they would fire their coach if Tomlin became available? Not real if they have somebody who's equal or better or a better situation? The Jets. <laughs> Stop. Next question. Real. The Giants. Real. Real. Real and real. The Eagles. Real. 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 Yeah. The 49ers. Key. Real. And the reason I say real is because it depends on what happens at the end of the season for Kyle Shanahan, but there's a relationship there, not only with Kyle Shanahan, but Mike Tomlin and John Lynch. John Lynch was coached by Mike Tomlin at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for several years. We were all there together on the staff, so I think there would be a possibility in an opportunity. Although the connection of Shanahan and John Lynch to the 49ers was lock and step, hip to hip. But in these situations, the general manager tends to win out as the head coach gets removed. It is interesting when you start digging into Kyle Shanahan's record. <laughs> and obviously always having quarterback issues with Jimmy G. Even though I know there are a couple plays away from winning a Super Bowl, how this Trey Lance thing works out. But I, I, I would still go Mike Tomlin. Cutthroat business, man. Still go Mike Tomlin. Like you now and don't like you tomorrow. I, I mean, Key's explanation for why it would be real in San Francisco sounds right to me. Max, this one's for you. Yeah. Patriots. <laughs> it's it's not real because Bill Belichick, the sample size is too small to start to start dismissing what he's done. I will say this. The fact of the matter is he's in close games. He's coaching well and everything. They are now how many games under 500 since Brady left? Five games? Tomlin's never been under 500 ever, ever. Can, yeah, can not, I, not real, man. Can I say real? Maybe just because I've been watching Succession a lot lately, the, last, the first two episodes. Like, who takes that franchise – to the next level after Bill retires? There's a couple reasons it's not real. I, need I say anymore? <laughs> I hear you. Five more titles reasons. than Tomlin? Is that it, Key? Yeah, it, we, no, we don't need a key to go into it's it. It's titles. It's I have beaten you many times over. Not without and Brady. it is New England. Let me ask this question. If Bill Belichick retired... Yes. Would Mike Tomlin consider New England oh, would he if consider? he needed a fresh start? Why would, yeah, but why would Mike Tomlin want to leave Pittsburgh? I don't, not real. Like, not real. Okay. I yeah, would say not, not real on that. The Pittsburgh Steelers are one of the all-time brands not in real, sports. Not real, Max. We're moving on. <laughs> Cowboys. Real or not real? Are real. you moving real. on from Mike McCarthy if Tomlin's available? Real. real. Not, not real. Why? Because of Kellen Moore? Because of Kellen Moore. Uh-huh. I could see that. If, if, okay. if, if Mike McCarthy fails the Cowboys miserably this year, they'll probably hire Kellen Moore. See, if I own the Cowboys, it would be so – What's the, the word is delicious, right? To take the Pittsburgh Steelers head coach away from them. Oh, oh! if I own the Cowboys, I'd do it. But I hear you. No, Kellen Moore, they, as, as Rex keeps saying, they want to keep him in the building. Jay? I would probably agree with Kia Max. Packers, real or not real, to keep the caveat is 
You guarantee keeping Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, real. If they if, if they were going to lose real. Rodgers, yeah, not real. You're not going to give Aaron Rodgers that much power when you got a head coach that you know has gone to two NFC Championship games. I don't know the way the year would end. I'm assuming it's going to end great for them. Uh, I don't think that you fire Lafleur to add Mike Tomlin just to keep Aaron Rodgers for two years. Well, I mean, if it's if it's too much power, if it's if it's Lafleur and Jordan Love versus Mike Tomlin and Aaron Rodgers, done. Tomlin and Rodgers. I'm with you all day long. Yeah, all day long. They should actually let Jordan Love go. I mean, this the is trade deadline if they really want to commit themselves to Aaron Rodgers. Oh, hang yeah. on, hang on, Jay. We have a caller who wants to ask that exact question. We'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. But real or not real? Would these NFL teams fire their coach if Mike Tomlin became available yes. tomorrow? <laughs> the Los Angeles Rams. No, not, not real. real. Not real. Not, not real. real. Not real. How about the Chargers? Los Angeles Chargers. Not, not, not real. Not real. Not right real because they want to see what they have there first, I would it's too say. Too early. Yeah. yeah. The Indianapolis Colts. Real. Real. Probably, Probably real. Not real. Not real because the Colts are. It depends. Okay, so if they end miserably and don't go to the playoffs and Mike Thomas is available, they might fire Frank Reich in, in that case. Can I, I mean, there's a who's a better between, coach, Frank Reich or Mike Thomas? But, but, right, but there's a difference between what would we do, like what would I do if I own the team? Mike Tomlin is very, very, very yes. high on my list. I, it's not real. Like, first of all, none of this is real, right? He's not. <laughs> but, but if Mike Tomlin was available, would Indy fire their coach? To the, I'd say not real. If I own the Colts, it's yes. real. It's real. <laughs> they it's did, real. They did give a give up a lot to get Frank Reich his coach, yep, his quarterback, and you don't know if Tomlin would want Wentz, and then you got to start over. But apparently, Tomlin doesn't need a quarterback. He won eight games without a quarterback. Eight games. All right, one more. Staying in that division, Jaguars. You're firing Urban Meyer if oh. Tomlin becomes. <laughs> yeah, a but Mike Tomlin doesn't want to be down in Jacksonville. <laughs> Yeah, not, not, real. not real, even if I was the owner of the Jacksonville Jack. I'm not firing Urban Meyer just to hire Mike Tomlin because I'm in the same situation. We're a bad football team. Uh, tomorrow, uh, t- yesterday. I do that yesterday, Evan. Yeah. I get rid of Urban Meyer and in bring heartbeat. in Mike Tomlin uh, yesterday. And, uh, do, and I can keep bad, my first-round draft pick yesterday. such a bad team. There's no way. Yeah, no, he wouldn't do it. All of this is just made up. But no, I'm if not he would, Sean Khan, I, I would wouldn't do, do it as an owner. We're bad. But you won't be bad with Tomlin. That's the point. He yeah, will have you competing know. with that and, team. Yes. Then, like, then you actually give him some autonomy. Like, hey, who should we draft? What do you think? One thousand percent, Max. We're in the same. There's page. not going to all the like the shenanigans, all the things that are people That's are already window, sick of done. with Urban Meyer. None of that stuff. All you have is a team competing every week, trying to get better. I want to throw in a bonus one. Mm-hmm. Pete Carroll. We talked about Pete Carroll earlier in the show. Mina Kime said maybe. Yesterday on first take, maybe it's time to consider a change in Seattle. Would you fire Pete Carroll if you could get Mike Tomlin? I probably would. I would sit down with Russell Wilson and, and get his opinion on it. I'll probably say it's real for me. But I think that would be real. I think Pete, Pete Carroll is a championship coach on multiple levels. Do I prefer Mike Tomlin? Yes, but I'm with Jay. I'd have to talk to Russell Wilson and see what he thought. And if Russell Wilson was like, no, let's keep Pete, I, I wouldn't do it. I can't give Russell Wilson that type of power. Why? I just can't. 
special no quarterbacks, don't they? Special yeah, quarterbacks it, like NBA stars it, nowadays. Doesn't mean you have to give him the power. You can still take his opinion on it yeah, and factor I'll, that in. I'll to do it for you. I'll do it so that he can tell you. I talked to him and he can look good on television. But no, he's not convincing me what to do with my head coach. What I mean is, I prefer Mike Tomlin over Pete. Mike Tomlin is my like. If I played football, I think I'd want to play for Mike Tomlin, right? So he's my favorite guy that way. So, but preferring one guy to another is not the same thing as saying. I'll get rid of that guy. Yeah, Mike, for that Tom, guy. Mike Tomlin is one of the top three to four head coaches in the National Football League from X and O standpoint to personality to all of those things. There's no question about it. But you have to think practical as a owner of a team. There's certain things you just just don't do. And, and Tomlin also is flexible enough. The way Belichick's like, oh, you never face the same team in consecutive weeks. When Tomlin took over the team, they wanted to get to run the ball, stop the run. There were years where they didn't have an offensive line. There were years where they just had to be defensive. There were years where they're playing a, you know, with you know, five wide, whatever they were doing, they keep changing it up. And, but, the, but the common denominator is they win. Yeah, no, they win. I want to hear what some of these people got to say, though. All right, who do we got? Fan base calling in about... Whether On or not- the Dr. Pepper call-in line, would you fire your coach if Mike Tomlin became available? Michael in Louisiana? Actually, uh, good morning, guys. Was that I so have uh, a speculation. I, I believe that Green Bay is going to win tomorrow night, and I think it's going to be a blowout because of Aaron Rodgers and the way a short week or whatever because he's 6-0 without Devontae Adams. But with that being said, if Green Bay goes out and wins tomorrow night, do you see Green Bay moving on from Jordan Love to keep Aaron Rodgers in the future. I, I, Michael, I would do that. I, I, I think I would show Aaron Rodgers how committed we are to him by removing Jordan Love, seeing what we can get in return. I, I think that speaks volumes to Aaron Rodgers. Is I'm a risk-averse person. That's very risky. But uh, I show Rodgers that we're all in. I would. Key, you want to take it? or you? Want... Uh, yeah, go ahead. I, I mean, I, I would say this. I don't need to answer. When you draft a quarterback in the first round, when you've just been to an NFC championship game – and you're knocking on the door, and you use the fifth, I think fifteenth pick in the draft, right, on Jordan Love. You have to think he's going to the Hall of Fame one day, or why would you do that then, right? So if they already are resigned to the fact that mm, we missed on this one, maybe he's a good quarterback, but he ain't the next Aaron Rodgers. Bye. Then yeah, if that meant I could keep Rodgers or even increase my chances of keeping him, I'm getting. Yeah, rid they could yeah. they could keep Rodgers regardless, though. They can keep him regardless. If they 26, keep, Jordan Love? You know, Jordan Love. What, what oh, about? that's right. Because Rodgers was what, 23rd? And Love was right, right drafted around where Rodgers was Late drafted. Late first round. Yeah, 26. Uh-huh. I said 15. Oh, okay. I don't know why I have 15 it, stuck in my it, head. Jordan Love is a backup quarterback in the National Football League. And Aaron Rodgers is a star. And Aaron Rodgers takes his team to the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers is not going anywhere. Jordan Love is not a threat to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers sees Jordan Love every single day in the building. He already knows yeah. that guy is. But I, I feel like no, that's more, an interesting point. Yeah, interesting point. But I, I also would like Aaron Rodgers to understand that, hey, we made a mistake. And we're owning that mistake, and now we're, we're removing that mistake. I think, I think that's but right. He's not a threat to me, so you don't have to remove it. It's not about him being a threat to you or not. I it's like about the me. It's about me telling you this happened on my watch, and I'm changing course. I think Rodgers does want to see the organization show the same humility that they ask for from the players all the time. Like, just look, show some humility. We messed up. We're sorry. It's your team, et but cetera. But moving on from Jordan Love is not showing him anything. Yeah, it's maybe not. not. Maybe not. Emmanuel in uh, Nevada, you're on with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Hey, how's it going, guys? What's going on, Emmanuel? Yeah, and, and can you guys hear me? We got you. We got you, man. 
Hey, so uh, I want to say Mike Tomlin, uh, he should go to the Raiders. Not only would it make the division a lot better if two things happen. He goes to the Raiders and the Broncos get uh, Aaron Rodgers, okay? If that don't happen, I would like the Raiders to pursue uh, Marvin Lewis as a candidate for uh, for a head coaching job. So what do you think about that? Mike Tomlin ain't going to the Raiders. I understand he would be a great coach there if, in fact, that was the case. But I don't think Mike Tomlin would want to coach the Raiders when he has the Pittsburgh Steelers. And on top of that, Rich Passacci is doing a hell of a job, and he potentially could become the head coach long-term for the Raiders. Aaron Rodgers going to Denver. We'll see how that goes. As far as Marvin Lewis goes, I don't think the Raiders are going to go down that avenue, but he'll certainly get some uh, opportunities to interview this year for sure. The same way I said, like, Mike Tomlin, like, is inspirational when you hear him talk. I don't put Marvin Lewis in that. I, I feel the opposite about Marvin Lewis. He may be a competent head coach, but he don't move me, you know, and, and I think. No, he's got a different style. But the Raiders fan base, I think, wants to be, if they, if they like, like, people like Passaccia and everything, that was a big move to get Gruden, at least big splashy move. I don't think Marvin Lewis is going to move people. I think Mike Tomlin moves people. Um, Are you trying to say that Marv walks in the building and we're like, well, huh? I mean, did you see the uh, did you see the uh, 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 hard knocks with him? It's like, oh, okay, yeah. all right, all right, I guess so. Keyshawn J. Will and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests on the Goodyear Hotline. But listen, Marvin Lewis did do plenty of winning. Tune in. Oh nope. Yep. Tune in to the ESPN Daily podcast, bringing you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters, presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily, available wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg, letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. The lefty who was the, I would say, well, on one of the greatest pitching staffs of all time for sure, starting staffs along with Greg Maddox and John Smoltz and at different times Steve Avery or Denny Nagel, the great Tom Glavin, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining us today, Tom. My pleasure. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Good, man. Good. Doing great. What would you make Good. of Charlie Morton staying in the game last night even after suffering – uh, a fractured fibula in his right leg. Well, I mean, it just goes to show you, right? I think that um, watching it and seeing it happen live, I thought, oh, that probably hurt a little bit. I've had a few of those in my career, but, um, you know, he covered first base, seemed to be fine, um, you know, only to uh, go back out there and then obviously have the problem. So, I mean, uh, I guess that's sometimes you don't really get a sense for how, how hard a ball is hit on TV or potentially um, how square maybe it caught you more so than you can see on TV. But, um, 
you know, look, I give Charlie credit for trying to go back out there. Obviously, it's uh, unfortunate. I feel awful for him uh, that he's going to be out of the series. Uh, certainly a big blow for the Braves, but, um, you know, they certainly got off to a good start. Uh, Tom, you know, clearly you played in Major League Baseball. You were drafted in, in Hall of Fame career and whatnot. But many people out there, for those that don't know, you were also taken in the fourth round in the NHL. Uh, between baseball and on the ice, what's the toughest thing you've seen that somebody continued to play after occurring? Oh, man. Um, you know, I think hockey players um, have a little bit more of a reputation for um, being a little bit crazy uh, in terms of when it, going back out there for injuries. Um, you know, and, and I think because so many of us um, have watched hockey games and you see a guy – you know, get cut, whether it be from a puck or a skate or a stick, and they're bleeding all over the place, and then 10, 15 minutes later, they're stitched up and they're back on the ice. And, you know, it, it's that's just – that's a hockey mentality. Now, that's not to say that, you know, guys in every other sport don't do the same thing, right? I, I obviously, playing football, you know, guys are banged up. You know, there's stuff going on. Uh, they continue to play through. Um, you know, baseball is the same way. I'm not – I'm – you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that, um, you know, going out there and getting cut from a puck in the face or something is, or having your teeth knocked out is, um, you know, worse or any less uh, less worse than some other things that I went through as a baseball player. But I can tell you, you know, there are more than a few times that I, w- I went out there on the mound um, and my arm didn't feel so great. Uh, you know, I know I pitched uh, I pitched a little bit one year with a broken rib, which wasn't the easiest thing in the world to do. So I think it's it's just inherent, right, with athletes. When when you think you can still go out there and play, you're going to try and do it. And it's only when your body tells you, uh-uh, dude, you, you're, you're not, I can't do this anymore, uh, that we acquiesce. Wait. But it's it's not easy to get us to acquiesce. Tom, we want to we want to push the limits and keep going. I'm so sorry for cutting you off there, but did you did you j- just say that you, you how long did you pitch with a broken rib, and how did you break? Um, how, how, did I, that, how does that I, happen? It wasn't the smartest thing I ever did. I can assure you that. Um, you, you know, it was I. I had a situation where I had food poisoning, and I was, you know, not feeling great, and obviously, and had a, you know, a lot of vomiting for about 24 hours, and then my next start, five days later, um, my last pitch in the bullpen, I let it go, and I felt something in my side pop a little bit, and I was like, oh, that didn't feel so good, and. <laughs> So, you know, I kind of pissed with it that night because it was, I think the adrenaline was, was enough that I got through it. But, you know, next day didn't feel so good. And, um, you know, I had, uh, you know, maybe a, a Novocaine shot here or there, maybe to dull the pain for a couple of starts. But like I said, it wasn't the, uh, probably wasn't the smartest thing I ever did looking back on my career. Wow. Yes. Got a lot of props for me on top oh, of everything else you've accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want to ask you, how, how concerned are you? For the game of baseball, that this game lasted four hours and six minutes while 11 pitchers were used. You know, it's it's concerning, and it's been, you know, to be truthful, it's been a concern ever since I can remember. Um, you know, even even – I remember even when I was early in my career, like in the early 90s, uh, it was a constant talk or topic of conversation. Um, how do we speed up the game? Uh, you know, we batters stay in the batter's box. We have a pitch, you know, we have a pitch clock. We have, you know, all these things that we've tried to do and, you know, nothing has worked. And, and, 
you know, part of the problem, as you say, is the pitching changes. Um, I, I do like the rule uh, that opposing pitchers now have to face a minimum of three batters when they come out of the bullpen. But, you know, when you're, when you're changing pitchers, what'd you say, 11 pitching changes last night? Yes. Um, I, I don't care what you do to try to speed up the game. That slows the game down. Um, you know, I, I know it's different now, but because there are so many changes, but, you know, even some of the games that I would broadcast for the Braves uh, from time to time, it seemed like you would get to the seventh inning in a decent amount of time. And then inevitably the seventh, eighth and ninth innings were going to take an hour and a half every night just because of the pitching changes. And, and it's, it's a dilemma for baseball, you know, because it, it's, it's a great game at heart. There's a ton of strategy that's involved. Um, but it's slow. And, you know, with today's, uh, today's audience, um, slow is not a good thing. And, and I, and I think it's the kind of thing they're going to have to continue to tweak. Look, I know there's been a lot of talk of, and there's good data to back it up. Um, you know, they use the pitch clock, uh, in one of the minor leagues this year and they cut like 25, 30 minutes off of game time. So, you know, that might be, I know, you know, commissioner Manfred's always, kind of tinkering with rules at the minor league level to see how they play out. I'll be interested to see if that is a a big point of discussion this year in the winter meetings and and to see how they can implement that at the big league level. Talking to Hall of Famer Tom Glavin, part of, you could argue, the greatest um, starting staff of all time when those guys stuck together for so long, Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, John Smoltz. I mean, good luck finding a better one. Um, But, Tom, you mentioned – here on Keyshawn J. Will and Max ESPN Radio. You mentioned that you can get through the first seven pretty quickly and then all these pitching changes. Tom, no one throws 200 innings anymore. Like game one of the World Series, a guy threw 185 innings, is facing a guy through 130-something innings, and, you know, five and dive nowadays, like, oh, okay, pretty good start, right? Like, isn't that also contributing to the length of games, the pitching changes? The starters aren't doing what they used to do. No, they're not. Um, And look, it's... I 100% agree with you. There, there. Those are the parts of the game today that I, as a, as a former player, but also as a fan now, um, I have a hard time liking, and, and I have a hard time accepting. Right um, now, I'll say this: I know that my generation. You know, you look at my generation. Yeah, we we made 35, 36 starts a year. You know, we pitched 220, 250 innings a year. Some of you did, yeah. And by our, by our standards, by our standards, that was good. Now, the generation before us thought we were soft. Yeah, you know, yeah, you get yeah. you get the guys like mm. Nolan Ryan and Nuxy and those guys that were making forty something starts a year, pitching three hundred something innings Mickey a year. Yeah. Um, you know, they so they thought we were soft, right? And my and my counter to that is. That what I did was what I was brought up on. I was brought up on a five-man rotation. Um, it was instilled in you that you got as deep into the game as you could. But then, you know, we started with the the setup man, right? Just get it to the eighth inning. We'll give it to the setup guy, and then we'll give it to the closer. So that kind of became the standard. If you could get past that, great. But at a minimum, you turn in the ball over with six outs to go for your bullpen. And the pitch count became part of the equation, right? Mm-hmm. Now you fast forward a few years after. Now to my generation, yeah, these guys look soft, right? They're, they're only pitching, you know, five innings a night. Nobody's going 200 innings anymore. Uh, guys are making 25 or 27 starts a year in a good year. And you're like, what the heck? 
but I don't blame it all on them. You know, they they are brought up because of the money that's invested in so many of these guys now when they get drafted. They're they're coddled in the minor leagues. They're put on very strict pitch counts in the minor leagues. They're put on very strict innings counts, not only in the minor leagues, but once they get to the big leagues. But more than anything else, in this day and age of analytics, these guys are being told they can't pitch into deep into a game. They can't flip a lineup for a third time. They can't, you know, face that guy for the third time in the sixth inning. And 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 it's like, well, the more you tell these guys they can't do something, yeah. well, of course they're not going to do it. And and I think that's a big part of the problem is organizations have gone so heavy on the analytics that they say, well, you know, you flipped the lineup twice, you got through the fifth inning, hey, that's great, great mm-hmm. job. And now these guys – are accepting that five innings is a great job. And yeah. and like I said, it's, it's, I don't think it's any fault of their own. Yeah. Uh, it's just the way the game has gone. But I don't – I and apparently an awful lot of people because, you know, I've done a number of radio shows over the course of the last five or six days, obviously. And I haven't talked to anybody that likes it. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, the game has changed. You know, the most efficient way to play the game is apparently uh, – or the effective is not the most consumer-friendly. Tom, we got to pay some bills. That is – the great Tom Glavin on the Goodyear Hotline. Keyshawn, Jay, thank you, Tom. I Thanks, appreciate Tom. you jumping on with us. Bye, guys. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C, ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. This is for you, Mama Will. We're coming back. Welcome back to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. But I got to give a big shout-out to my mom. Big birthday today, October 27th. She's been through the gauntlet over the last several years. She is uh, here and thriving, fighting each and every day, inspiration of my life with my dad. And just want to say happy birthday, Althea Bowman-Williams. Holding it down, holding down the fort. Happy Happy birthday, birthday. Mama Williams. Mama Will, we love you. I love you, boo-boo. You know, you you just made it difficult for me, Jay. My mom's birthday's in two days. Okay, happy birthday. I, no, I know I'm going to forget it. I'm going to forget it. No, no, no. Yeah. No, we no. no. Friday. It's yeah, Friday. Yeah, Friday. Yeah, we, we got, Don't worry, Max. I'll write it on the screen. All right, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'll <laughs> write it on the screen. He, he, Evan knows if it's not on the screen, I'm not going to remember. <laughs> Your mom did well, David. She really did. You're a good dude. John, yeah, yeah. Jason David. That is JD. That. You can call me JD. <laughs> JD. Hey, man, but you know what? Like, you know, you have those times, man, where your parents believe in you when you never thought you could do something, obviously getting drafted. Key, I know you felt that too. 
you look back on things like, like I'll get you anything you want. Like, you know, we're in this together. That's always what family means to me. Yeah, it's not even it's not even it's not even the drafted part, I'm sure. It's about you going to one of the most prestigious universities ever created and going to Duke. That's in, in itself is impressive. Even though you were an athlete, that's impressive to me. I look at that and I'm like, okay, you had a little bit of brains and get okay. to Duke and ain't oh. just hoops. So the first time I heard I you compliment moms. Duke, okay, I appreciate that. Well, Duke is a good school. Yes. Not that my kids you, would ever go there. It's <laughs> always got to be a There's butt. a slight. There it is. <laughs> now we're back to normal, Keyshawn. <laughs> See how I set that up nice <laughs> and easy? Build up just to drop you off. Yeah, I mean, every parent who's like, kid is excelling in one sport or another I'm sure has thoughts and dreams but how many actually make it to the to the level that you did you're you're it doesn't matter how much you believe in your kid when you actually do it your mom must have been like look where at were you, where were you look at what I made at the, at the uh at home or at the draft no I was actually at the draft we all oh, went okay. to the draft yeah yeah okay yeah, you see it too though key like you you talk about your son being an AU ball like I see it my daughter, Grant, she's three. Like, when she goes to soccer class, I'm like, oh, there ain't a lot of good athletes out here. Uh-uh. So when you happen to see that one, you're like, ooh, that's special. Yeah. Yeah, because you special. see, like, my kids running around. You're like, yeah, there aren't a lot of good athletes. <laughs> some of the guys, you know, he's playing flag football right now, but some of the dudes he's playing flag with, I'm like, Mm-mm. yeah, wrong DNA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could see it. You could catch it early, in other yeah, words. Yeah, you could see it early. early. Yeah, more like Evans Cousins or something Arts like and crafts yeah. might be better for you. Yeah, yeah but you actually, don't want to be mean, but... Hey, but science and math go a long you, way. You both are extreme outliers. Most most people with their kids, they just want them like have a good time. Oh, it's hard. As burn hell, some man. energy. Yeah. Learn teamwork. That kind of stuff. It's hard. It's yeah. hard. Yeah. It's, it's it's from a parent standpoint, it's a lot of sacrifice for parents, especially in this day and age, to get their kids to compete at a high level. And I mean high level. I'm even talking about high school. Yeah. Because it's so much, especially when you got multiple kids, you got to take the one over here. Well, oh, uh, another one's at 2 o'clock. You got to go over here. Who's going to go? Well, I want daddy to watch me. And, my, you know, it's just all, you got all that chaotic. Then you got homework. Then on top of the homework, if they want to excel in it, they've got to practice it. So that sometimes they might get four and five hours of sleep. See, yep. I'm not even there yet. Like, my daughter is not even doing all that stuff yet. And I, every weekend I had like 10 AAU games. Different trips. I'm tired when I get to the weekend now as a parent. Yeah. I want to relax. I'm not no, at the point to, where I'm taking my daughter no to games. Five years from now, Jay, you can be walking man. around the arena. What you realize? <laughs> I'm already walking around like that. So I might be in the wheelchair by then. What you realize when you have kids is there's no such thing as vacations anymore. They're just trips. Yes. They're not vacations. There's no vacation. <laughs> you just take a trip somewhere, but you're still working. You're always working. That's part of being a parent, man. You know, if you, yeah. you know. <laughs> that's how it goes and there's not enough time in the day it's amazing that kids who really excel at the highest level of sports it's amazing there's so much there's not enough time in the day Keyshawn J. Will and Max is brought to you by DraftKings sign up with DraftKings the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL use code KJM to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs this week with your first deposit minimum $5 deposit required eligibility restrictions apply see DraftKings.com for details so uh, now, because I was rushed to do that, we have an awkward mm, 30 seconds well, left. Well, it wasn't really rushed to do it. We yeah. just want to get Why, to the billboard. Why'd you feel you know? pressured? Because key, key point. Key, key is point over there. I'm like, oh, if I don't I trust my teammates. teammates. No, no, no. I trust I my teammates. If I don't direct this dude. 
Oh man, it'd be ten minute whole. Sometimes you know, we I gotta, have producer and sometimes talent. we got to bring. No shame in my game. We got to do it like this, Jamie. Bring him, bring him in. This dude talking about bringing someone in. Bring him in. You play too much. Jjl, Greeny next. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.